Today is November 22nd, and you are listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. We're getting so close to the finish line, friends. We are uh, nearly all the way through the Bible, and whether you've stuck with it all year, day by day, or you've gotten behind, and uh, maybe you're listening to this a little beyond the fact, and it's taken you longer than a year to get to this point, do not give up. Pursue this uh, this very noble goal. Um, you know, sometimes people tell me, Blake, I, I have a hard time focusing, or I feel like I'm not getting a lot out of it. I know, I know, I know. Stick in there. Um, the, the, this, this is work. It's obedience. And uh, a lot of times you don't get to see the payoff until later. And you remember a lot more than what you think you do. So finish this. Start. Finish what you started, and uh, you, you'll be glad that you did. All right, Ezekiel chapter 44, beginning with verse 1, all the way through chapter 45, verse 12, is our Old Testament reading today. As always, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, NLT, Ezekiel chapter 44, beginning with verse 1. Then the man brought me back to the east gateway in the outer wall of the temple area, but it was closed. And the Lord said to me, this gate must remain closed. It will never again be opened. No one will ever open it and pass through, for the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered here. Therefore, it must always remain shut. Only the prince himself may sit inside this gateway to feast in the Lord's presence. But he may come and go only through the entry room of the gateway. Then the man brought me through the north gateway to the temple, uh, to the front of the temple. I looked and saw that the glory of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord, and I fell face down on the ground. And the Lord said to me, Son of man, take careful notice. Use your ears and your eyes and listen to everything I tell you about the regulations concerning the Lord's temple. Take careful note of the procedures for using the temple's entrances and exits, and give these rebels, the people of Israel, this message from the Sovereign Lord. O people of Israel, enough of your detestable sins. You have brought uncircumcised foreigners into my sanctuary, people who have no heart for God. In this way, you defiled my temple, even as you offered me my food, the fat and blood of sacrifices. In addition to all your other detestable sins, you have broken my covenant. Instead of safeguarding my sacred rituals, you have hired foreigners to take charge of my sanctuary. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. No foreigners, including those who live among the people of Israel, will enter my sanctuary if they have not been circumcised and have not surrendered themselves to the Lord. And the men of the tribe of Levi who abandoned me when Israel strayed away from me to worship idols must bear the consequences of their unfaithfulness. They may still be temple guards and gatekeepers, and they may slaughter the animals brought for burnt offerings and be present to help the people. But they encouraged my people to worship idols, causing Israel to fall into deep sin. So I have taken a solemn oath that they must bear the consequences for their sins, says the Sovereign Lord. They may not approach me to minister as priest. They may not touch any of my holy things or the holy offerings, for they must bear the shame of all the detestable sins they have committed. They are to serve as the temple caretakers, taking charge of maintenance work and performing general duties. However, the Levitical priest of the family of Zadok continued to minister faithfully in the temple when Israel abandoned me for idols. These men will serve as my ministers. They will stand in my presence and offer the fat and blood of the sacrifices, says the Lord, says the sovereign Lord. They alone will enter my sanctuary and approach my table to serve me. They will fulfill all my requirements. When they enter the gateway to the inner courtyard, they must wear only linen clothing. They must wear no wool while on duty in the inner courtyard or in the temple itself. They must wear linen turbans and linen undergarments. They must not wear anything that would cause them to perspire. 
When they return to the outer courtyard where the people are, they must take off the clothes they wear while ministering to me. They must leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so they do not endanger anyone by transmitting holiness to them through this clothing. They must neither shave their heads nor let their hair grow too long. Instead, they must trim it regularly. The priests must not drink wine before entering the inner courtyard. They must choose their wives only from among the virgins of Israel or the widows of the priest. They may not marry other widows or divorced women. They will teach my people the difference between what is holy and what is common, what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They will serve as judges to resolve any disagreements among my people. Their decisions must be based on my regulations, and the priests themselves must obey my instructions and decrees at all the sacred festivals and see to it that the Sabbaths are set apart as holy days. A priest must not defile himself by being in the presence of a dead person unless it is his father, mother, child, brother, or unmarried sister. In such cases, it is permitted. Even then, he can return to his temple duties only after being ceremonially cleansed and then waiting for seven days. The first day he returns to work and enters the inner courtyard and the sanctuary, he must offer a sin offering for himself, says the Sovereign Lord. The priest will not have any property or possession of land, for I alone am their special possession. Their food will come from the gifts and sacrifices brought to the temple by the people, the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings. Whatever anyone sets apart for the Lord will belong to the priest. The first of the ripe fruits and all gifts brought to the Lord will go to the priest. The first batch of dough must also be given to the priest, so the Lord will bless your homes. The priest may not eat meat from any bird or animal that dies a natural death or that dies after being attacked by another animal. When you divide, this is chapter 41, uh, being verse 1, by the way. When you divide the land among the tribes of Israel, you must set aside a section for the Lord as his holy portion. This piece of land will be eight and one-third mile long and six and two-third mile wide. The entire area will be holy. A section of this land measuring 875 feet by 875 feet will be set aside for the temple. An additional strip of land, 87 and a half feet wide, is to be left empty all around it within the larger sacred area. Measure out a portion of the land, eight and one-third miles long and three and one-third miles wide. Within it, the sanctuary of the Most Holy will be located. This area will be holy, set aside for the priest who ministered to the Lord in the sanctuary. They will use it for their homes, and my temple will be located within it. The strip of sacred land next to it, also eight and one-third miles long and three and one-third miles wide, will be a living area for the Levites who work at the temple. It will be their possession and a place for their towns. Adjacent to the larger sacred area will be a section of land eight and one-third mile long and one and two-third mile wide. This will be set aside for a city where anyone in Israel can live. Two special sections of land will be set apart for the prince. One section will share a border with the east side of the sacred lands and city, and the second section will share a border on the west side. Then the far eastern and western borders of the prince's lands will line up with the eastern and western boundaries of the tribal areas. These sections of land will be the prince's allotment. Then my princes will no longer oppress and rob my people. They will assign the rest of the land to the people, giving an allotment to each tribe. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Enough, you princes of Israel. Stop your violence and oppression, and do what is just and right. Quit robbing and cheating my people out of their land. Stop expelling them from their homes, says the Sovereign Lord. Use only honest weights and scales and on honest measures, both dry and liquid. The homer will be your standard unit for measuring volume. The ephah and the bath will each measure one-tenth of a homer. The standard unit for weight will be the silver shekel. 
one shekel will consist of 20 geras, and 60 shekels will be equal to one mina. This concludes our Old Testament reading, moving into the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1-12. through 12. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people, who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their message that their messages were not for themselves but for you, and now this is good now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Moving into our Proverbs reading for the day, Proverbs chapter 28, verses 8 through 10. Income from charging high interest rates will end up in the pocket of someone who is kind to the poor. God detests the prayers of a person who ignores the law. Those who lead good people along an evil path will fall into their own trap, but the honest will inherit good things. And finally, we will be finishing our time together by reading Psalm 119, verses 17 through 32. And as always, I would encourage you to do so in a posture of prayer. And again, Psalm 119 is broken up alphabetically by the Hebrew Bible, so there's some weird words, and then we jump into the verses. Those words, I say, are uh, Hebrew alphabet letters, starting here with Gimel, verse 17. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I am only a foreigner in the land. Don't hide your commands from me. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. You rebuke the arrogant. Those who wander from your commands are cursed. Don't let them scorn and insult me. For I have obeyed your laws. Even princes sit and speak against me. But I will meditate on your decrees. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. Delith. I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your decrees. Help me understand the meaning of your commands, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. I have chosen to be faithful, 
I have determined to live by your regulations. I cling to your laws. Lord, don't let me be put to shame. I will pursue your commands, for you expand my understanding. Lord, thank you for your commands. Thank you that they are good. They are helpful. Lord, we do pray that you would open our eyes. Help us to see your word so that we may obey your word and live your word because they are wonderful truths. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Give us a desire for you and your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining me for today's reading. And I hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.